It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends and players, welcome to Springdale Golf Live, the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. You know, much like Tiger and Charlie Woods competing in the PNC Championship this weekend, 2020 continues to give sports fans something to talk about. You know, our guest today is the perfect pundit to help us put 2020 into perspective and do a little predicting for 2021. In a high-definition world, I know it's like we're moving in stereo, but fast times are ahead. Here we go. Your Friday fun is here. Wade, volume. Now, let's go. Sports Business Journal is an amazing resource, and in my media world, there's no reporter who's more important than John Orand. I can't wait to talk to him, so without further fanfare this afternoon, John, welcome to the show. Um, first and foremost, how did you weather that blizzard down in D.C. this week? It was awful. We got dumped on down here. It was, uh, I think we got an inch, inch and a half, and then, and then it turned to rain. It was, uh, we, we haven't seen this much snow in a long time. Well, you know, last year we didn't get any snow at all. And here in central Jersey, we got about six to eight. But I know New York City got hit pretty hard. And uh, best wishes to everybody in the listening area as they shovel out this week. And uh, they prepare for the uh, what is about to happen in about a week from today, which is Christmas. So um, quick question for you. You know, you're the media reporter. And, uh, you know, I love to start with a with just a fun question uh, to begin the show. And that is, do you still subscribe to cable TV? Oh, absolutely. I'm of the age of it. The, uh, the, when I graduated college, which was in, in 1989, and moved into a house, cable was uh, so cool. I mean, ESPN was so uh, the, the idea of seeing sports 24-7 was amazing. The idea of MTV and watching music videos was still really, really cool. Uh, and I think I subscribed to cable before we turned on the heat or the electricity, my buddies and I. It was uh, it was something that was that was cool, and it's still and it it doesn't have that coolness value. But I'd like to watch you know the local teams and uh, and the RSNs and uh, you know the a lot of the national networks like ESPN or, or Turner they have their you know big games on on cable. So you, you know if, if you're a sports fan, I, I think you still pretty much have to subscribe to uh, to cable. Are you a cable subscriber? You know, I, I've recently gone to get a Roku, and um, I use Hulu Live for live sports. And I still get my golf channel, and I still get uh, everything that I need. I can watch the Queen's Gambit with, uh, you know, 60 million other people. And, um, you know, Disney Plus for the kids. So uh, it's interesting because, you know, when I follow all of your reporting week in and week out in the Sports Business Journal, there's so much talk about streaming these days. And that's why I let in with that. And 
you know, it brings about the whole transition that's happening from Orlando to Stamford, Connecticut. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on today, because social media has been blowing up with things other than Charlie Woods' swing this week. And that is, is that we've seen a lot of the folks from the Golf Channel. And, you know, this is Springdale Golf Live and it's the pro show. I'm a PGA professional. We love to talk about the pop culture of sports, but it has a golf bias. And I know my fans are curious where do you see this Golf Channel future going now that they're migrating north and there's a really big transition going on? What can you tell us that's going on behind the scenes? Uh, well, Golf Channel is going to remain a 24-7 channel. I think, I, and I think that they, are still, um, they still want to have the studio shows. Those studio shows uh, work well uh, for, for Golf Channel. I just think that you're, you're going to see them uh, de-emphasize the studio shows a, a, a little bit. Um, you know, all of the TV networks now, they're all looking at areas to save money. And um, they know, ESPN knows that its bread and butter is live sports. Uh, NBC knows, uh, NBC Sports knows their bread and butter is live sports. And for Golf Channel, that's the live tournaments. You know, that's where, that, that's where the most people come by far. That's where they spend the most money That's uh, on, on rights. That's where they spend the most money on production. And so they're going to emphasize that a lot more than they have <clears throat> at the expense of some of the studio shows than they have in the past. So, but with this shakeup that's happening and, and leaving one studio to go to another, do you think that that was kind of COVID driven or is it just a sign of the times and, you know, COVID kind of accelerated that process? It's a sign of the times and COVID accelerated that process. The it, it, they, they used to be based in 30 Rock, the, probably the most expensive, um, and not Golf Channel, but NBC Sports, the, the most expensive real estate in the country. And they all of a sudden they followed the ESPN model because you know ESPN has a gigantic campus in Bristol, Connecticut, so it, it's it's much more affordable for them than uh, as opposed to being in downtown Manhattan. Um, and, and so they moved out to Stamford, Connecticut, and. All of a sudden, they have everything in Stanford, Connecticut, and while well, they have this gigantic office down in uh, in Orlando, so they just wanted to bring them back up and have you know have them within the same um, uh, studio uh, essentially. They had started doing that, and like everything else with COVID, you know, a, a trend had already started happening, and it just it, it really accelerated it. So, you know, I'm getting this kind of morbid feeling when I see Brandel Chambly, you know, take a tour of their old studio and everything. And, you know, some of the people like, you know, major faces of the, the network, like Gary Williams, um, are going away. And then they just hired Shane Bacon and they're kind of doing this retrofit to the whole thing. Golf fans are still going to have a golf channel going forward. Is that NBC's plan? Um, you alluded to it earlier, but um, I'm just digging in here because I'm curious as I, as I watch this take place, you know, there's been a lot of rumors like the PGA tour would like their own channel and ESPN plus is coming in to be a big player in golf. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts. And, and this is why I wanted to talk to you today. And folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Joe on John O'Rand and John is the sports reporter uh, for sports business journal covering all of media in sports. And, you know, he's a tremendous resource. And, and that's where my brain's at on this conversation today is that I'm a huge golf fan. I know tons of golf fans. We'll still have this resource. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think that, that you alluded to this uh, with your first question, actually. If you're a golf fan, uh, you're still going to have Golf Channel and you're still going to watch a lot of tournaments on Golf Channel. And it's, it's going to be the, the channel that you go to most often. But if, if you're a golf fan, you also are going to be able to uh, 
stream ESPN Plus. You're going to have to subscribe to ESPN Plus and 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 stream over there. So that there's there's going to be you're you're going to have to pay more, uh, and you're going to get more content. I mean, so ESPN Plus is going to be on specific groups, and they're they're going to do different things. They'll they'll show certain uh, uh, holes that um you know that uh, NBC or Golf Channel won't be showing. But if you're going to be a hardcore sports fan, you're just, you're going to have to pay more and and, and bring more uh, platforms into your uh, into your house. You know, it's interesting, and obviously this is an industry trend, and a lot of what you talk about week in and week out in Sports Business Journal is that more and more content is going to be streamed. And I kind of joked about it asking in the opening if you still subscribe to cable. But um, what can we look towards as far as all of these players coming in in sports across the board? Um, how soon are we to the point where a majority of content, let's say a third or 40% of content, that we want to watch in sports is coming through an ESPN plus because it seems like the major players in the game are, are making a big push towards this. Yeah, I think we're, we're still a long way away. The cable system uh, is really, really good for uh, leagues and teams in terms of revenue. Um, uh, so ESPN gets paid probably, I, I haven't seen, uh, but I think it's about $9 per subscriber per month from each uh, cable operator or satellite uh, distributor. And so they're in 80 million homes. That's billions of dollars that they then turn around and, you know, and uh, pay for to college football and, and to uh, the NFL and to the, and to the NBA. And the way that's set up is right now, if you're a cable operator, you can't drop ESPN because if you drop ESPN, like I'm a, I'm a cable subscriber. I'm gone. I'm going to whatever. I'm only subscribing for sports. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a Maryland Terrapin. Uh, I'm a Maryland grad. If they drop Big Ten Network, I, I'm I'm dropping my cable su- uh, subscription in order to get the uh, to, to to get whatever one has the Big Ten Network. Uh, and so it's a it, it even though cord cutting is happening. Even though it's, you know, I think ESPN's in 80 million homes, and they think it's going to slide to about 60 million eventually. That's 60 million uh, people that are going to pay a lot of money to watch what ESPN has to offer, and ESPN is going to be able to take that money and give it to the leagues. And for streaming right now, they don't have that system set up. Streaming is they, they're going to sell to me directly, and all of a sudden, am I, am I really going to pay fifty dollars for ESPN? You know, at some point, the cost goes up too too far. Uh, you know, for for that single channel, and then you know, you would have to pay you know fifty dollars for ESPN Plus, forty dollars for Peacock. You know, HBO Max is going to have some sports as well. All of a sudden, like you're getting less and paying more than you did with the cable bundle. So I I, I don't think that it's going to change hugely. But you are going to get a lot more offerings in streaming, uh, especially as a golf fan. All right. That's cool that you brought that up, because I I think that a lot of people out there, um, whether they're, you know, our age or a little bit older or whatever, that are very attached to cable and and kind of grew up, as you described it earlier, as this thing that when you move from apartment to apartment in your younger years, you would get the cable turned on before you get the heat turned on. And, you know, I think that that would kind of rock people's worlds a little more than this year already has. So. That, that, that's a cool answer to that. And, you know, you brought up leagues and teams as a focus. And in 2020, uh, a lot of the executives and or you know, league commissioners have had to pivot and do some really interesting things. And I want to go back into Sports Business Journal just a couple weeks ago. You all did a, a reader's poll. And in that reader's poll, you talked about sports most intriguing leader. 
right? And Adam Silver was number one. And, and, I, and I, in a way, I kind of get that. But what I'm curious about from your perspective, because you cover all sports and from the media perspective, you know, down around tied sixth or, or tenth down on the list was Jay Monahan. Now, obviously, I have a bias as a PGA professional, but I felt like the PGA Tour did a good job of pivoting and getting back out there in early June where, you know, the NBA and some other of the bigger leagues, Gary Bettman, they had to do these different things. Is is golf still that small versus the NBA as an entity? No, not not, not at all. In, in fact, uh, if I had uh, – I did vote, and I think I voted for – uh, Dana White and UFC, because I think what uh, what they did during the pandemic, they were uh, pro- I think they were the first or among the first to come back, and they did it in empty arenas and they just they just figured it out and and went forward and I I thought that was really cool. I thought what the PGA Tour did was uh was you know uh, pretty remarkable actually uh, in, in terms of getting back without fans, uh, figuring out how to uh, allow access. To the to the networks, to where you know, uh, have you ever seen miking up players during uh, during uh, competition? I mean, I, that was really cool to watch. Getting these different shots and having drones go over the uh, the, the golf course just added a, a, a really cool aspect uh, to to their production. And I thought what they did to get back was uh, was really. Um, I, I just thought it was really cool. And they they would I think Monahan would have been. In my top five, certainly uh, for for uh, what he did to pivot and and uh, be among the first to to get back with uh, with live competitions. Uh, I don't look. Adam Silver is uh, is sort of the uh, most well known executive I think in, in sports today, uh, and, and certainly the most well liked executive. I mean, his honeymoon has been going on for for a decade now, um, and I, I don't think uh, you know Jay Monahan is sort of at that level, but I don't think he, he's far behind. I don't, I, I, I was really surprised to see him uh, down as far as he was on that list. Yeah, I was kind of surprised myself. But then, you know, there was another question where they talked about executives navigating um, the COVID challenges. And then Jay jumped up to fifth on the list. And the only ones above him were, you know, the the major players, you know, Silver and Phelps from NASCAR, Gary Bettman and, and Rob Manfred. And, and, you know, I, I just, you know, just you know, actually bringing up Manfred there, it seemed like there was just a lot of politicking going on there where Jay had a lot of buy-in from his players. I mean, heck, since June, they've only had like 20 cases on the whole PGA Tour between players, caddies, you know, employees, et cetera. I, I think they've done a tremendous job navigating their way through this whole thing, and, and I'm so happy to see that because we got a Masters. I mean, how great was it to see the Masters in November? How weird was that? And, and no, no roar of the gallery, no pink azaleas out. It was a, it, it was a, a really surreal experience to me. I think it was a different color scheme. There's no doubt about that. To not see the normal myriad of of spring colors was was cool. But you know, I mean, golf, golf's just been amazing. And, and I alluded to this in the opening, and that you know, yesterday the internet blew up because Tiger and Charlie Woods were doing a practice round. I mean. You know, God forbid we talk about the ladies to our championship for just a minute. And Lexi Thompson shooting 65. We have an 11 year old who almost broke the Internet. Did you catch any of that action? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I thought that was great. I, but Keith, it's, uh, one thing that, that I did want to talk about is, you know, the PJ Tour just did their media rights. And and I can just tell you, as a media property, the way that the networks uh, look at the PJ Tour 
they're not a second class. They're not a second tier sport. They're a top tier sport. They have uh, they they bring in reliable ratings, uh, even even without Tiger. I mean, Tiger, of course, uh, drives still drives the ratings. But when he doesn't play, they're still a reliable ratings. Kind of. They have uh, the the, um, the demographics of the viewers are are uh, something that the all the TV networks love. It's you know it, it's well-heeled uh, men that spend money, you know, basically. And, and uh, they have a lot of endemics that come in and do advertising. It's a, it's a gigantic revenue stream. And you had Turner talking about possibly taking one of their channels and flipping it into a golf channel. You know, you have NBC that had a Comcast owned NBC. They have their own 24 seven golf channel. You know, CBS was desperate to keep their, their, their package. Um, ESPN was coming in to, to look at it. So you had all these major media companies circling the PGA Tour, and seeing where where Jay Monahan ended on that list is not at all, to me, indicative of of the, the um, importance that these media companies place on the PGA Tour. All right, you're the man. You had me at hello on that one. That's for sure, because <laughs> you know the uh, <laughs> to steal a quote from someone there, but because you know. This show is driven by the pop culture world of golf. And, you know, it's also driven by sponsors. So I got to jump to a break in a second. But keep going. Keep that in mind. Keep that in front of mind. We're talking about how the PGA Tour is doing their media rights and everything. And we're going to be back in just a second uh, to discuss that some more. Folks, it's 317 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with more from Sports Business Journal's media maestro, John Oran. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. We are excited to announce that PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, a rehabilitative golf program for military veterans with disabilities, will take place on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. throughout the fall season at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club. To support the NJGF or learn more about the PGA Hope program for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Springdale Golf Club is proudly celebrating 125 years of rich history in the heart of Princeton, New Jersey. With our walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn designed course, Springdale beautifully makes its mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Combined with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management, Springdale is further elevating our commitment to our members. Just last year, our members seasoned their game, teeing off on Troon managed courses in Texas, Arizona, and even as far as Hawaii and the UK. The benefits of being part of the Springdale family extends far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments happening at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun and you're listening to ESPN 920. All right, here's Maryland's strangest son, you know, David Byrne. Nice classic here, Wade. Turn it up. I'm wearing for pajamas. Hot potato. All right, before you wrestle with your conscience, get that shopping done this weekend. It's back nine time on the pro show. Wade, weekend, let's go. Oh, oh, oh. I got some wild, wild life. 
Man, I love my music there, Wade Weezer. As always, you know, you're the gift that just keeps on giving each week, in and out. You know, I, I love it, man. Tremendous aplomb on the board today, as always. And, uh, you know, now, well, John Orand, it's seven days to Christmas. Are you enjoying the start to your holiday week with us here today on the Pro Show? Oh, this is perfect. Where else would I want to be, Keith? Well, we appreciate that there, you know, and, uh, you know, we dig deep with the music fun. You know, we, we opened up with a little um, 80s super hit there that was uh, attributed to a movie. And then today, you know, uh, I had to dig deep to get to David Byrne because I guess he's a Maryland guy. And uh, I know you are, too. So, you know, we're trying to we're trying to touch a chord there with you. Mid-Atlantic represent. Love it. Yeah, I mean, he he started in Scotland and went through Canada, but um, I thought Wild Wildlife kind of... We'll take what, it, what we can when it comes to music, right? That, that Always, always. Music's like math. It's a universal language. And, you know, speaking of a storyteller like David Byrne and, you know, all of those that you cover, how did you get involved in telling stories about stel- storytellers? Um, you, you know, I... I, I... Uh, went to Maryland and uh, I was an English major. I did, did not get into journalism uh, school, uh, mainly because uh, back then you had to take a typing test to, to get in there. <laughs> and, and I decided I, I didn't even want to t- take that test. I knew how that that would end up. Um, but I, I was an English major, but I always had an interest in, in journalism. And I always had an interest in, in reporting. And my first job was for a small newspaper in uh in suburban Maryland, uh, suburban Washington, D.C., a weekly Washington Post-owned newspaper, and uh, just started uh, just started writing, and uh, and it ended up. I think I woke up probably when I was thirty, and I was like, "Wow, I guess I got a career. Uh, this is what I do." Uh, and it, it was just something that sort of happened, as opposed to something that I, I really kind of uh, uh, went went out and and fished for. Well, there's no doubt that you have my a- interest. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that you have a career, and you know, writing these days sometimes is limited to what 280, 280 characters. And when I follow you on Twitter, and you know, you're you're going back and forth and breaking stories left and right. I always wonder what a day in the life is like for somebody like you, you know, who's, you know, um, Palm Pilot's always blown up. You know, I, I mean, uh, I think about like Adam Schefter or you or or those types of people, or maybe even like for an Entourage reference, like an Ari Gold. You're like running around the, and the phone, and then you get this story. Right. What what's it like to receive that type of information? Is it fun? Oh, it's great. It's a it's like an endorphin rush, and I get it every time. I, if I break something big or if I break something uh, little, I it, it's just this indescribable rush that keeps me. Uh, you, you get addicted to it, and you just want want, want to keep doing it. It's uh it's it's a lot of fun. It well, keeps I, me doing it. I can understand what you mean there. I, I mean. You know, just following you, you can tell in each and every one of those posts or stories when we read what you do, you know, it's like you genuinely care about the story. Um, It doesn't matter, you know, the level of of how much of it is on a one to ten scale. I mean, you you cheat them with all with the same genuine care. And, And that's why I was so excited to have you on today, because, you know, when I think about that, it's hard to do that day in and day out. And you do it like 50 times a day. So, folks, if you don't follow John Orand from Sports Business Journal, Get with him on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? It's Orand underscore SBJ, O-U-R-A-N-D underscore SBJ, Sports Business Journal. Yeah, if you love sports media like I do, you got to follow John. Now, speaking of putting out a post, if you had to go back and talk to your pre-pandemic self, 
right? I always love asking this question because we're going to forever live, you and I, and, and the rest of the 7 billion people on this planet in a pre-COVID and a post-COVID world, as well as a, a pre-George Floyd world and a post-George Floyd world. If you could go back and talk to your pre-pandemic self, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, it's okay to say no to people. I think it's okay to, uh, uh, to, to, uh, I, I wish that I early in the pandemic had structured my, uh, days a, a little bit better than, uh, you know, typically when you chase news, you wait, you know, you're making calls and then all of a sudden the phone rings and you, you, you take your focus and totally focus on, on whatever that is. Uh, what's happened during the pandemic is, you know, a lot of zoom calls, a lot of phone calls, and all of them are about, half hour, 45 minutes. And before you know it, your day is done and you're not getting, you're not getting news. You're not getting stories. You're just sort of, you know, it's, it, it, it makes it difficult. Uh, so I, I wish that I was better about scheduling w- what I had. And I wish I was better about uh, relationship building and, and really making a point to call different, different sources of mine more regularly than I, than I did. And part of the reason I didn't, like I said, is because I got just stuck on Zoom calls or stuck on like sort of calls that didn't necessarily matter for me. Well, one thing that does matter is relationship building. And we love to do that here on Springdale Golf Live, the pro show. And one of the things we do to build our relationships with our guests and our listeners is to create this bond through a little rapid fire Q&A. It's fun. We love to do it. And before we get you out of here today, you up for a little rapid fire Q&A, John O'Ran? Do it. All right, man. Here we go. 100%. All right. Favorite University of Maryland athlete all time? Limbaugh. Oh, wow. Okay, a moment of silence. All right. A place you'd so like to... Rapid fire to me. Yeah. I, I mean, geez, and it, you know, I... I, I am well skilled at this, but you got me there. You know, I go back to the Celtics. Every, everything. What a, a tremendous story. Okay, a place you'd like I to was take. A freshman when he was a, I was a freshman when he was a senior. And I, that was uh, the, those games. Uh, Maryland has never rocked more than than in those games. That was uh, that was an incredible time. I mean, there's something to be said for that. You know, I I only, I only went to Holy Cross, so I didn't have that level of basketball experience. But when you know, there's a sports team at the school that truly is becomes the lifeblood of the community. I mean, there's nothing better. And, and I'm sure those were some exciting times. All right. It was great. It was great. All right. Next question. We get back on track here. A place you'd like to take your family once it's safe that you've never been before. Uh, Hawaii or Alaska. One of those two. I've two, two of the 50 that I have not been to. On a scale of one to 10, Rate your daughter's online semester this past fall at Holy Cross. Ooh, five, four. I don't know. It, 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 was, it was tough. I feel so bad for her. The whole, the whole point of going to Holy Cross, as, as you know, is that there's a sense of community there. And having her upstairs in Washington, D.C. And, and all her friends sort of spread out across the, the, the state turns turns it just makes holy cross a uh, you know just kind of like i thought they did a nice job online but it just turns it into just any old university where you know you're you're, you're uh, learning learning different classes yeah i would go four three or four all right well there's positive pandemic news up there on mount st james and crusader nation looks like she'll go back in the spring so good news for her all right something you would like santa claus to bring you next friday a uh, new set of golf clubs. I, my, my, my kids are up and grown. I love golf. I haven't played a ton. I probably play about twice a year for the past uh, 10 years because I've had kids under tow. 
and my clubs are uh, Titleist oversized from 1996, and I need to uh, I need to upgrade those. There's no doubt we got to upgrade. And John, for coming on today, I'm a PGA professional. Anytime you need a lesson, you call me up on the house. All right, the best. Oh, I need that. Well, you, you're in good hands, my friend. All right, the best broadcaster voice all time. John Miller. Uh, he was a voice of the Orioles, a voice of Sunday Night Baseball. I think he went, he went over to the San Francisco Giants. Just has a silky smooth, honey voice, and was just able to tell stories. So, uh, just a he, he was a part of my childhood. What's one piece of advice you use all the time? Use the telephone. Call people. Don't rely on email. Don't text. Call people. Would you rather have lunch with Larry David or Stephen King? Larry David. All right. They're both U.M. alumni. You know. Stephen King? Well, he, people say Stephen King? They're both U.M. alumni. I'm just giving you a choice, man. You never know. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Larry David. From your perspective, describe 2020 in one word. Rough. All right. Well, you know what, though, John Orend? This interview has been anything but rough. You've been a gentleman and a scholar. I love it, man. Um, it was fantastic having you on. You exceeded my expectations. Can't thank you enough for your time. Anytime, Keith. Thanks for calling. All right. We'll reach out soon then. Take care and Merry Christmas. Same to you, man. All right. Now, folks, before we get heading back over to Max Kellerman, let's hit those sponsors. TaylorMade Golf, the New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands, and F.H. Wadsworth. Wade Weezer on the board, man. Doing a great job as always. Springdale Board of Governors, True and Golf Management, thanks for all your support. And most importantly, you know I love my listeners. Folks, I'm headed to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from New York to the North Pole, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Return to the tee next Friday at 3 with Keith Stewart and Springdale Golf Live.